Are you looking for the best massage in Round Rock in Austin, Texas? Robert Gardner provides Thai massage, yoga, and yoga therapy featuring individual sessions and classes with 14 years of clinical experience in chronic pain management. He makes this work easy, accessible, and affordable for all students and clients. Do you have chronic low back pain, carpal tunnel syndrome, chronic headaches, severe menstrual cramps, low back or neck pain? Are you an athlete who needs real body work for optimum performance? Do you work at a desk and need a massage to help with poor posture? Robert can help. Are you a massage therapist trying to figure out how to make more income, save your hands, and work more effectively? Robert offers classes designed to be accessible to anyone, even if you're not a massage therapist. Be sure to check out his classes. If you have any questions or you just want to contact him, Robert Gardner. Robert Gardner Wellness, Thai Massage. Hey everybody, welcome to my show with Brandy J, a voice to be reckoned with. Today I have here a special guest by the name of Robert Gardner. Are you there, sir? I am here. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Brandy. Not a problem. Thanks for joining us. And how are you today? I'm pretty good. Uh, things are uh, going well. I'm, I'm tend- I have a tendency to be a, a night owl, a little bit of a late sleeper, but fortunately I can work with time zones. <laughs> That's a gift. <laughs> Robert, can you please bless our listeners and let them know who you are and what you do? Okay. Um, I live in the Austin area. It's technically Round Rock, just north of Austin, but uh, Austin for people outside of Texas. I'm a massage therapist, body worker. I tend to work on people specifically in chronic pain. That's really my bread and butter for sessions. I moved into education within my industry, so educating other massage therapists about what I do and teach, developed a retail stream of workbooks and DVDs, and then built a subscription service on top of that where I'm essentially trying to scale massage education globally from essentially my private home studio. Um, I continue to work with individual clients, but increasingly what's happening is I'm traveling to other cities, states, and countries to be able to train therapists in different regions. That's pretty awesome. That is amazing. I like it. And it pays my bills. <laughs> <laughs> A bonus. Yeah. <laughs> A bonus when you love what you do, so that's pretty cool. Wow, Robert, yeah. can you tell me exactly um how what 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 made you decide to um, you know, take take this way with your um, massage therapy? Yeah, I, um, long story short, I grew up in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and in 1999, I was hit by a drunk driver on the way home from mm. Jazz Fest. I had a very bad whiplash. I was 22 years old. This is 20 years ago. And essentially, I kind of fell through the medical and legal cracks. A doctor said, listen, we ran an x-ray. There's nothing wrong with you. And I said, I'm in pain. Like, I need, can you give me pain medication? Like, something's wrong. And they said, no, we can't give you pain medication because you'll get addicted to it. So 
I had formerly uh, been a philosophy student at LSU. Um, I had maybe a year left to graduation and I just dropped out of school because I was so sick. I wound up working at a health food store, kind of taking all that inquisitive, questioning nature from philosophy and then turning it towards health and wellness. So I wound up working at a health food store. A young lady I was working with was going to massage school and gave me the first massage I'd ever received. And immediately it was the only thing that I had found that had any real impact on my condition. So I just kept digging for the next eight or so years. I went to massage school, dug within the fringes of the massage and body work world, uh, dealt with cranial sacral therapy, then yoga, then time massage. And once I put yoga and time massage together, that was where things started to shift. So uh, Brandy, do you get a lot of massage or have you had much experience with it? No, not at all. No, and okay. I need to. So, most, most people, when they think of massage, just so people understand what I'm talking about, I have to describe it verbally. Most people think of massage as four things. And what I tell students is it's table, cream, glide, and nudity. My work takes away the table, takes away the cream, takes away the glide, and takes away the nudity. Massage therapists are the first people who tell me what I do is not massaged because I'm performing a very different form of work. My work from an outsider's perspective looks like a therapeutic form of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I put you clothed on a mat, bend you into a pretzel, use pressure points using deep compressions with my knees and feet and multiple points of contact. It's a very different art form but I was able to radically help people in chronic pain when it was soft tissue related. So they don't have a herniated disc or a bulge. You know, they've just got tissue dysfunction of some form that I'm using manual therapy to deal with. That is what I'm teaching to massage therapists. And it's a fundamental just sea change because I'm trying to get therapists off of the table and onto the mat. The work looks completely different than what they're trained in in core curriculum and massage school. Wow. Okay, have you um, found yourself to be the only one that has, uh, has this, you know, going with your therapy? There are some other uh, therapists in various locations who do Thai massage, um, who do shiatsu or some sort of clothes on mat-based work. But when you're talking about a massive industry, Massage Envy is the largest employer of massage therapists in the United States. Massage Envy is selling table cream gliding nudity. I'm selling mm -hmm. almost the antithesis of that, trying to work primarily with independent massage therapists. The service I'm discussing is mm -hmm. a statistical anomaly. My sessions are three hours long. I use a suspension system to give me support so I can stand on people and deliver deep compressions. I do abdominal work and help women with like severe menstrual cramps or other issues related to abdominal pelvic pain. It's really like what I tell people is like the Rolls Royce of massage and body work. I just have to continue educating both consumers of services and then also the therapists that I'm working with to help them build a niche practice. Wow, that's awesome. I like how you just like came right in there. You saw a need because what you experienced and you wanted to educate and share it with others. Yeah, pain. 
the massage as as an industry, like there's a lot of, you know, you could go, uh, you're in San Diego, correct? Yes. Yeah, so you can go in San Diego, you can likely, because it's the West Coast, you'll likely find some Thai immigrants who are doing Thai massage. Some of that work would likely be similar to what I'm doing. Some people have told me that I teach kind of a Western form of Thai massage, which I'm totally open to critique and criticism of. But I just kept adapting the work in Central Texas for Texans. I had good old boys coming in, I'm like, take off your boots, lay down on the mat with your jeans on, you know that cultural context and helping people with pain, I just kept shifting, changing and developing the work to try to make as, as effective as possible for people in pain because I wasn't really dealing with a relaxation service. There were no candles, there was no incense, there was no nudity. Um, it wasn't really sensual as people think of massage sometimes. That wasn't really my shtick. What I dealt with best was somebody who came in who's a CrossFitter and said, man, my shoulder. And I go, where does it hurt? And then we're off. I'm like doing an oil change on this guy to get him ready for CrossFit yeah. competition. Cool. Yeah, okay. So you, you were doing basically going straight for what was, what, you know, what was the problem, the pain, you know? Yeah. Versus the, very much, the mental, you know, it's kind of our mental with the, the whole yeah. size, you know? You're yeah, the, 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 the chronic pain was the bread and butter. It was the way that I excelled and building a private practice. It just made more sense to sort of niche down into that as opposed to just selling massage as a commodity where they could go somewhere else to, right. let's say, a nicer facility or spa that had additional accoutrements that I don't provide in my home studio. Right. Good approach, good approach. Okay. Because you, you, you differentiated yourself. You put yourself in a place where, you know what I mean? You didn't mesh in with that, with that right there. It's like, you come to me, you know exactly what you're here for. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. like, uh, you know, it's like trap music. You know, people know what they're getting to a point. Like, that's what they're going for. They, they want that from the, the musician, the artist. That was very much like just carving out a niche, uh, something that was different. And that worked fairly well. The next part was just adding education and trying to get more massage therapists involved in what I was trying to create and offer to consumers. Awesome, awesome. So when you went and you got your very first massage from the, the lady, uh, did you um, kind of like, did you guys stay in touch? Like, did you help her further herself, her education? Too? Um, I think at that time, if I remember correctly, she was still in massage school in Baton Rouge. I think she lives out in North Carolina on the East Coast now. I'm still actually in touch with her. Uh, she'll comment on my Facebook posts every so often. So I definitely have to credit her with helping me uh, get started. It's it's hard to explain how transformative it was. It was like a bloodhound. Like once I got the scent, I'm like, okay, mm. I got to go that direction and get better. Like this, if this can help me, you know, I can survive and, and live a good life. I very much took a bunch of broken eggs and made an omelet. And that experience of chronic pain in my own body helped inform me about pressure, uh, sensitivity, joint mobilization, chronic pain, and how to work at and communicate with clients who were in chronic pain. One of the things I've noticed is I have a deeper emotional resonance with people in chronic pain because I've suffered with it. So I understand how it affects their life um, into like their relationships, their sleep patterns, their diet. You know, if you're in chronic pain, you still have chronic pain when you have bills to pay. 
and yeah. you still have chronic pain when the baby's crying and when the car needs to be repaired. So you have these additional burdens that aren't necessarily visible to people on the outside. Right, right. And it's, it's funny that, you, that we're, you're saying this because I just had a um, talk with a friend the other day and I was thinking, I told him, I said, you know, I said, sometimes it's just the, the things, the little things that could change, change a really huge situation. Like if people just stopped and probably, like for instance, right now, you know, somebody get going to you and getting uh, that, you know, a massage, you know what I mean? And getting that pain taken care of to change possibly a huge event that plays a part in our world today. Like just say one of our world leaders, you know what I mean? How people make choices yeah. and things that you do. And then it's like how a massage could affect somebody's whole thinking and being and how they t- approach to, you know, a very important situation. <laughs> yeah. I definitely think when your body's in pain, your mind's really not, you know what I mean? It affects it's your mind. It's not clear. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It's, if you talk to massage therapists, they're very um, fervent about what they do. Uh, they absolutely love what they do. They love working on people because, well, I get to make you feel better, Brandy. Um, I connect with you, chat with you, you know, go, hey, what's up with your upper back, help you with that. To me, as far as like, if you would consider it an inebriant, you know, what would people's life be like if they didn't have alcohol? And what would people's lives be like if they didn't have caffeine like coffee? To me, massage and regular massage is just that transformative in a yeah. different way. The difference is there are no real side effects. Um, you're, you could be pain-free or to a degree closer to pain-free. People's mental clarity and their overall sense of well-being can dramatically increase. And it's a little challenging across the board. You know, a soccer mom in Ohio is a little bit different than a CrossFitter in New York. They have slightly different needs, but there are many different kinds of manual therapies, massage and body work people can use for optimal performance for whatever their lifestyle is. Wow. Okay. So I'm pretty sure in this uh, field, with the type of massage you do versus just your, your, you know, regular, like, appreciate massages you build a lot of like i think you just said that relationships yeah so uh, one of the reasons i made my sessions longer so like i said my sessions are three three and a half hours the reason i did that was because uh, years ago this is like 10 years ago i worked at a chiropractor's office that did insurance billing the insurance billing was structured in such a way where you could only have 30 minutes or an hour with a client And what that meant, Brandy, is if you came in and said, I have neck pain, I might work on your neck for 30 minutes and that's all we had. But they would get you to keep coming back and billing your insurance as long as you possibly could because it might be $10 uh, out of pocket for you to get that session with me. The challenge was I kept doing that and I felt like I was putting a Band-Aid on a tumor. I was like, if I had more time, I could do more transformative work that really increased your quality of life beyond that 30-minute session. Not that that's bad, but I I knew I could do more. So in private practice, which I was running separately from working at that chiropractor's office, I started with two hours. I didn't even offer an hour. It was two hours and nothing else. Eventually, a year later, I lengthened it to three hours and said, I'll just see two clients a day and be done with it. People in my industry, specifically massage therapists, were like, there is no way 
you can have a practice doing three hour sessions. That mm -hmm. is the most absurd thing I've ever heard. And I go, my bank account and business <laughs> tell me otherwise. It's not for everyone, but essentially what it is, Brandy, if um, I, I would compare it to students sometimes to dating. So if I had asked you out, Brandy, likely I would say, hey, would you, would you like to go get coffee? Because coffee is a stimulant. It's quick. It's inefficient. You know, we could have a coffee date in 30 minutes and we could decide very quickly if there was any interest there and proceed. What I did in my sessions was I wanted to have a six course French meal. I wanted mm -hmm. to be able to sit down with you for three hours and get to know you increase intimacy, increase connection to essentially find the people who really wanted the service I was offering. That six course French meal isn't necessarily something they're going to get once a, once a week, but it is something that very qualified applicants, very qualified and desirable clients would pay for. And it just changed the structure so that it wasn't just like you could go get what I did anywhere. As a matter of fact, you know, consumers understood once they had a session, Robert, this is not available anywhere. And I go, I know. Hmm. I had a very specific reason for crafting it that way, both from my benefit as the practitioner and also to provide something completely different to consumers as sort of a master massage therapist. Like crafting a service you couldn't even you know, other massage facilities locally wouldn't even allow me to do what I do. It's, they're like, this is, this is crazy. We've never heard of anything like this. It's like being in an industry full of fast food and then you're offering this farm to table, six course French meal from a trained, you know, Culinary Institute of America chef who's making braises and reductions. Yeah. You really uh, kind of genius there. <laughs> Very smart thinking. I like yeah. that. It shows that you actually, of course, you make good money, but you actually care about the trend you want to make. You actually sincerely want to help change people's lives. Yes. Transformative. Tr transformative. Yeah. It was not just... I mean, it was wonderful I could if I could relax you, and it was wonderful if I could you know, help you with pain. But, you know, what if I could what if I could change your life? Yeah. And that's a, that's a big, a big thing, you know, to say as massage therapist or body worker, you know, what if I could deliver a session that was so transformative that it could be sort of a benchmark for the client, yeah. you know, like you deliver a meal that's so good that they will think 10 years back to what that meal was like and how good it was. That was the, the high art. And that's where I, I can, continue to try to uh, craft and tweak my art form to improve it for the clients. Wow. That's amazing. Have you ever had um, uh, uh, anyone, a story of anyone that, because I'm pretty sure you've affected, you know, many people's lives, but is there that one that stands out for you or a person, you know, you, you know, they let you know and you saw the, you know, what you had done for them? Yeah, it's, it's very mixed um, over the years from, you know, people dealing with just chronic pain who, you know, cry after a session because they just, they've been in chronic pain for five years. And then I work with them and they're crying because they're like, I, you know, I was told I had carpal tunnel syndrome and I, I have to, as a professional say, okay, you may still have carpal tunnel syndrome. 
but what happens when your pain goes away? What happens when your symptoms go away? Because a massage can't really diagnose or like as a massage therapist, I can't diagnose or treat conditions legally. Does it make sense? Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, if they're having soft tissue pain, that is what I can help treat, soft tissue pain. So when I talk to a chef who retired because he couldn't hold his chef's knife, and in an hour I work on him and he starts breaking down crying because he retired. He left a job that he loved because he was in pain. You know, he was told he had this condition, carpal tunnel syndrome. Then he works with me and goes, I don't, he doesn't have a frame of reference for what we just did. You know, that I also in a way did almost effortlessly. It's very easy for me to perform the work in many instances, even at longer sessions, which are three hours. In addition to that, I've built very strong emotional connections to specific clients where they just love everything I do. They're like, Robert did a podcast, they share it. Robert, you know, he, they're fans, right? Like, as that process has grown, it's also led to a large degree of haters for various reasons. But the people that I've seen, um, another one that I can recall is a gentleman who walked in on crutches. And as I talked with him, he worked at a Lowe's or a Home Depot. He had lifted something, kind of, you know, injured himself. And within about an hour, I had worked on him. And then he very tentatively, at this time, this was at a chiropractor's office after an hour, he very tentatively, you know, stood back up. And when he stood back up, you could see it go, oh, it doesn't, it doesn't really hurt. And then what he did was he picked up his crutches and walked out not using them. Like it's that sort of transformative thing that will stick in my mind, um, helping people with specific conditions. It's so vast. Um, a lot of the pain that I see, I think 80% of it is just musculoskeletal pain. They have tight muscles. I de deliver a unique input into their nervous system and they respond by being pain-free and more relaxed. Um, it's really beneficial to be able to help people that way. And as a therapist, it really runs all over the map. I still get people who do come in for three-hour sessions that are primarily just relaxation. But again, my bread and butter is really chronic pain. So I could just tell umpteen stories of things like that where a guy comes in with crutches, but he walks out carrying them. Wow. That is so awesome. How, how, what's the youngest? Um, do you have like an age, you know, because I know you, you I'm, well, I'm going to just go ahead and ask it because I don't know. So I might yeah. go ask. But is there an age like group or what's the youngest um, that you ever had to, uh, that you ever actually used your services on? Um, I would think the youngest I remember was maybe a six or eight year old. Uh, oh, typically wow. when the client is under 18, uh, they'll come in with a parent. Uh, because my work is clothed as well, like parents can actually sit and like watch me work on their children if their children are having issues. I'm also, to be quite frank, if I'm working on an eight-year-old, they're so small, I typically shorten my session because there's just not as much to work on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really, really wide spectrum of age ranges. Like I said, maybe six or eight is the youngest. And then the oldest is probably somebody in their nineties in a nursing home. Wow. How did the, um, the, which is, uh, the young, the youngest one, how was their response to your, um, your therapy? 
It was, it was great. Um, she had had a whiplash and her mother was um, nervous about her. She was having kind of intractable upper back and neck pain. And as is common, you know, I modify the work to fit you, Brandy, and the amount of like pressure you can receive. Or if I'm mobilizing you, I'm not really forcing. I'm just kind of guiding your body towards its edges to be able to help you with stuff. The same thing happens when I work with an eight-year-old. And I remember working on her neck, softening muscles, moving around her upper back and her shoulder blades, just trying to soften stuff along her spine. She had a whiplash. She's eight. She's confused, you know. And then I, I lifted her head and I was just gently tractioning her neck and then lengthening muscles from side to side. And as I lengthened her head to the right, her neck went click, click, click. And she went, oh. <laughs> and then slowly I lengthened her to the other side. And this isn't forcible. This isn't like a chiropractic adjustment. It's just mobilizing her. I lengthened her to the other side and it's like click, click, click. Uh. <laughs> I work on her for a few more minutes and I go, whatever the lovely lady's name was, I said, you know, how does it feel now? And she's like, oh, it's totally better. It's, it's like gone. And I go, great. In that case, it was probably, even though my session's normally a three hours, in that case, I think I shortened it to about 90 minutes because she frankly just didn't need any more. She had gotten what she needed. She just had some tight muscles along her spine. Um, around her neck from being jostled in that car accident. So I tend to make judgments based on my prior experience working with clients about, you know, how often should they come in, you know, how frequently should they receive the work, and then also the communication about like depth of pressure. So typically massage therapists will, I hear the public complain that massage therapists don't use enough pressure. That is that is not the case with what I do. Robert? In fact, yes, I'm still here. Robert? Do, do we cut out? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know what, what just happened there. And no worries, because okay. I, I edit everything too. But yeah, that was a little... I, I oh, okay. Anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not sure what happened for a second. So um, I just judge pressure uh, based on communication with you. My, my real goal is to deliver adequate what feels like deep, effective pressure, the kind that makes you pay attention without you tightening your mm -hmm. muscles. It's really um, a craft or an art form. To me, I compared a lot to cooking. I was a cook in a former life before being a massage therapist. So there's this piece of food where it's chemistry. You're, you're learning food chemistry. And then there's the art as a chef being creative. I really feel, really feel like massage and body work does the same thing. I'm working with biology but you're really crafting it as an artist to be able to provide the perfect session for Brandy. Hmm. Awesome. Okay. Okay. So, uh, so this right here, which, um, I'm pretty sure, or was it something that you saw yourself doing or this just came about once you had your experience with your class? So in other words, how did I, how did I develop what I'm doing? Yeah. So as I started, 80% of the massage industry is female. So men are the anomaly. We're about 20% of the massage industry. The running joke in my industry is that men are afraid you're gay and women are afraid <laughs> you aren't. So men have a harder time, at least initially, usually kind of getting started, depending on their social skills, emotional, psychological 
uh, set and how good they are at business. What happened for me was I was always focused on chronic pain because of my chronic pain. I get really good at dealing with that and understood that if I could help people, it didn't matter. People would come to me because they needed help with pain and I could provide a service other people either aren't, weren't willing or couldn't provide. So I just kept crafting like an artist to create this, what I think of as like almost a new art form mat-based, close-on, three-hour sessions. In the end, it was, how can I deliver the most effective pain-relieving service as a massage therapist legally? And how can I create completely rabid clients and then completely rabid students around what I'm teaching? I think part of that was you had to do something completely different. When I compare it to hip hop, you know, the reason people listen to Soldier Boy is because Soldier Boy has a cadence and a rhythm and a sound that's different. That's what people are drawn to is the sort of personality that comes out. It's just that in my industry, I've really embraced, because I work clothes on, I've embraced video and social media production in a way that I'm consistently talking about hip hop. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So is would you say is there anybody like uh say for instance in your family or someone you're close to that you uh that you have helped in, in this way? Yeah, I mean one of the most fond memories I have, my grandmother is now deceased. Um, but I gave, you know, three to five sessions to my grandma the last year or so of her life. I think she died when she was seventy-two, if I'm correct. And my grandmother had fallen arches, a dowager's hump, chronic arthritis. And it was the most interesting thing because she totally lit up after I gave her just a standard Swedish massage on a table. Mm. Um, good, rigorous, kind of deep Swedish. And I remember like pressing on her upper back and she's like, oh, baby, I can feel that in my toes. <laughs> and as a therapist, I'm going, whoa, what is that doing to her body? Like, because I still to this day don't exactly know why she felt it in her toes specifically. But I'm assuming it was stimulating nerves like going down her spinal cord towards, you know, her lower back and feet. But I remember after the session, my grandmother had always been very ornery. Uh, I remember a time running into the kitchen as a kid going, Grandma, what's for dinner? And she just looked at me and went, food. <laughs> <laughs> because she's just cantankerous. And I realized, you know, in that last year of her life, which I didn't know that at the time, she was in chronic pain. The reason she was ornery all the time is because she ached. So if 10's hospital, zero's no pain, she might have been at a four or five every day. She's... um not married. She gets no quality touch. She's in chronic pain. She's got arthritis. So the thing is, it's like all of a sudden her grandson who loves and cares for her has like spiked her endorphins. She feels amazing. She, I, I, I'll never forget this. She was completely chatty for about 30 or 45 minutes. My grandmother talked more than I had ever heard. Like she was almost mildly manic because I think for the first time she was out of pain for, you know, at least an hour or so. Oh, that's so awesome. That's sweet yeah. to have that. Because I say you lit up there when um, you talked about your grandmother. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> okay. So let me ask you. Okay. So for me, I tend to, I'm 41. I tend to have a lot of pain. I work, I, I teach. 
So I'm mm-hmm. I'm standing a whole lot, and uh, I tend to have these pains. Like, uh, first of all, I don't know what if we even covered. Do you have certain areas that you don't or do? But I have a lot of problems with my feet. Like at the okay. very, it's not even at like the the arch or anything like that. It's like right about where my toe, my big toe, and right underneath there, and it's both of them. Well, what would that be? Something that could be pointing to your direction, and but nothing like works. You know what I mean? And and I sure. typically think it's something that has to do with the all the standing I do. But yeah. So when you have problems with your big toe, and this is a perfect example, in audio, I'm not even looking at video right now, I'm in audio talking with you. When you have problems with your big toe, is it your right or your left? It's both of them. Both of them, and it's just in your big toe. Yeah, it's like, let me see if I grabbed it right now. It's like, say if I start at the top of the toe, and I go right down Mm -hmm. to the base, where like kind of where it cuts off between the actual foot and the toe, like right there. And it's like... There's these, uh, you know, there's, I'm pretty sure there's a difference between a callus and then just something that's going on with your toe. And it's, it's just like mm-hmm. a, you feel like a ball or something, yeah. you know what I mean? Press it and it's very painful. And sometimes I yeah. can just be sitting down and I have shooting pains go through it. So my quick uh, dealing with that is the toe itself doesn't have a huge amount of muscle around it, even though it moves. So it's got muscle there. It's just, it's not very dense, right? It's not like your back. What I would wind up doing is, in my case, just hearing that audio, I would wind up working on your feet, working the muscles around your your feet to make sure that those muscles aren't cramping that joint. So the way I would describe it to students is like, um, let's say you don't have shoulder pain. The reason you don't have shoulder pain is because the muscles in your shoulder are just at rest that joint isn't being pulled on. If, if two or three of those muscles in your shoulder joint are, are constricted and shortened, it's gonna change how you use the joint, which could lead to some degree of pain. So the same thing is gonna happen with that joint down in your big toe. I'm gonna wind up working your legs, wind up working your calves, your shins, you know, different muscles along your, the front of your shin, your calves. I'm gonna work all of that to see if it's pulling across your ankle joint or pulling down into the foot itself. It's a little more challenging at the distance. One of the things I will tell you, Brandy, if I were to just use a little bit of oil and massage your feet, like how would you feel? Hmm. I would feel nice, I guess. That's, I would yeah. say. So here's here's what I would have you do. Do you have a tennis ball at home? Do you have a tennis ball at home? Yes, I do. Okay. Do you have dogs? No. Okay. Good. Because the dogs are gonna chew, they're gonna they're gonna chew up your tennis ball. <laughs> so what I would have you do is this: lean up against the wall, standing. I want you to take that tennis ball. I want you to stand on one foot, put that tennis ball on the ground. And I I gently want you to take the muscles, the structures of your foot. And I want you to lean into that tennis ball on the floor to massage the soles of your feet. And I want you to do that semi-regularly and tell me if that improves whatever's going on with that toe. 
my, my guess is because you're on your feet all the time, you could probably get more like a movement coach or somebody who knows a little bit more about the structure of the feet specifically to help you with sort of strengthening. That's a little bit, little bit out of my field at the moment. I have a tendency to have you work on yourself or to work on you to be able to relax tissue. I don't know if, for instance, you have fallen arches. There are lots of different uh, things that could be factors. But in the short term, it's very inexpensive and it's also very beneficial for you to massage your feet. The other thing is when you teach, do you ever sit down? Yes, occasionally, so not too much. Okay, occasionally. Or are you not at a desk or like teaching children or? Yeah, uh, second and third grade. Okay, so here's the other thing. You can keep a tennis ball at work and when you're sitting at your desk, you can put the tennis ball on the floor, just massage your feet while you're doing other stuff. Um, trying to get you just to work on the musculature around your feet, that may be the only thing that you're dealing with is just a little bit of muscle tension. Um, I remember working with a hairdresser who had just horrible, horrible ankle pain. And what sometimes happens is people will have pain in one area, but it's actually coming from muscles vastly somewhere else. So this hairdresser is on her feet all day. She feels pain deep down in her foot. I did very aggressive deep tissue work to the plantar surfaces, the bottom of her foot. That wasn't the problem. I, I knew something was going on and I couldn't figure it out. What it was, was there's a muscle at the front of your shin. So when you kick somebody in the shins, that bone, if you go right to the outside, just lateral to that bone, there's a big muscle called tibialis anterior. I guarantee you what was happening with this hairdresser was for some reason her gait, the way she used her feet, she was overworking that tib anterior and that muscle was pulling down to the tendon that connects in bones on her foot and it was shifting one of those bones out of position enough to cause pain. When I went in and addressed that muscle, she could not believe that I was able to help her with pain that she'd been living with just for years. She attributed it to just you know having to stand all the time but in the in the end what she's actually done is she's an athlete when it comes to standing she is using those muscles re repetitively in a way that's causing strain in the same way that I see lots of tech workers in the Austin area they're coding for eight hours a day and they come to me with arm and hand pain uh, of course, as a massage therapist, I use my hands. I'm uniquely, uniquely poised to help those people. Again, they just cannot believe that it's just coming from tight muscles. Wow. Hmm, I've learned some science to it all right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's light. I, I try to explain it in a very... I'm very pro-science. I love Neil deGrasse Tyson and Carl Sagan and Bill Nye, the science guy. But when it comes to biology, we actually or learning. Um, I try to explain it in a very uh, sensitive way. So it's not like I sculpt your body, Randy. What I do is I, I, I deliver a unique input into your nervous system and go, hey, muscle, why are you so tight? And then your body goes, oh, huh, oh, and that lets that muscle go. When that happens, people's sense of their body and their sense of well-being can really just drastically change. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So like with your, your foot pain, Brandy, like when you talk about that toe, like tens hospital, zeros, no pain, where are you at on like a daily basis? Hmm. I would say 
On daily basis, I'll give it a seven. Seven. Oof, man. How yeah. long has that been going on? For quite some time now. Uh, maybe a little bit. I would probably say close to a year. Close to a year? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I needed to fly out to San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I, the thing is, when I, when I hear that, a seven to me, if, if that went on for another five years and it never changed, here's what's going to happen. It's probably, and I don't want to say, in other words, I don't want to say this is going to happen. I'm saying this is what I see with people in chronic pain. And that seven doesn't change and it's consistent for years and years and years. It can actually change your brain and some of your brain structure. People in chronic pain have a lot of, you know, uh, specific issues. Uh, They're impatient. They curse a lot, things like that. I think if, you know, if I could work on you and reduce your pain to a five, that's a good goal, like in a single session. But in some cases, I've worked with people there to seven, you know, I reduce them to a two. That's where it's more transformative. I just know that, you know, even if somebody's at a three, they're at a three on a pain scale, they're just annoyed. They just wish they didn't hurt all the time. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, we're able to deliver something that is a very low impact, very low chance of harm, but people's potential benefit can be extremely high. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I, cause I personally, I just, you know, me, I just do these quick fixes. Like uh, last night I took the, uh, the, the foot spa and I took some Epsom salt and I did that. And then sometimes I'll use this one cream that actually it works the, and it's like a, I don't know how to describe like a Bengay type of a, you know, fix the icy feeling yeah. where it's, yeah, and it, you know, obviously that's temporary, you know, yeah. but so to give, to give you an idea, Brandy, I don't, I don't want to be too personal because we haven't chatted that much. Uh, do you have a, a, a significant other, like a, a partner, husband, anything? No, I don't. No, okay. Because here's what, here's what people don't quite understand, and this is what I'm doing as a massage therapist. If you had someone that you wanted to, for me to teach them how to work on you, we could literally go live via video, and I could work with a model and vi- via video teach someone how to work on your feet. Very easy, very fast, very quick. We've had discussions within my organization as I'm building business. Even though I'm teaching massage therapists, I think that I need to start educating the public because what we can do is we can reduce the cost of massage. We can make it more available. And what I think actually happens is, let's say you had a partner who worked on you. They gave you a little bit of benefit. One, it increases the intimacy and connection within your relationship. Um, It allows your partner to learn how to work on you and vice versa. But what it does is it educates you about massage generally. What it means is you're probably much more likely to go out and seek a licensed professional once you have an idea of what somebody with very little training can do. It actually expands and builds a massage marketplace. Wow, okay. And that goes back to answer the question I was going to ask you. Uh, was there anything that you wanted to, that you haven't done yet, venture into even more Ooh. with your business? And you probably have more, but I guess the, what you said now is one of them as far as teaching the public. And- yeah, my, my, my work, um, foundationally, I took two, what did I think of as traditional practices, yoga, which is from India, Hatha yoga, and then Thai massage, which is from Thailand. I was mixing, matching, blending, creating the service. And one of the things that's come up in recent years, because I wrote 
700 pages of sequence manuals, nine DVDs of core content. Then we developed a subscription service that has another 450 hours of my instruction. I essentially teach a very westernized version of Thai massage. People keep asking me when I'm going to Thailand and what will likely happen at a certain stage when I'm you know, fiscally in a place where I can do this is that I will likely as a Westerner go to Thailand and document that process of getting sessions, interviewing Thai people who work at facilities, um, talking to Pichette Buntum, who's the Thai massage master in Thailand. And you're engaging in this sort of reverse education where I'm a Westerner teaching Thai massage in the West, and then I'm slowly opening up that tradition to a Western audience who's not as familiar with the insides. Um, it's very similar to maybe what's happened within the yoga community. Yoga has become very westernized. It's very common to have power yoga or Baron Baptiste yoga and this kind of yoga, that kind of yoga. Massage and body work, especially Thai massage, has not differentiated itself that much within the marketplace. That's one of the things that I really look forward to is being able to explore some of the roots of these traditions in their native cultures. Cool. Okay. I like that. Okay. Um, so you, so I guess uh, you've traveled, did a lot of traveling to, to since um, you've been, you know, with your services, it introduces you to all kinds of, you know, different places. And, and then you said with yeah. your research and all, you've really like invested, invested, you know what I mean? And there's more work to be done. It sounds like this, because I think, like you said before, you have to keep educating yourself too. Like, it's not just a one, like it, you know, you get to a wall and then it's ended. Yeah, no, it's, it's a constant ongoing craft. Um, do you like sushi? You live in San Diego. Yeah, I know, right? People would just think that I had this conversation the other day and my friend was just like, come on, are you serious? I'm like, yes, I'm serious. <laughs> you know, they started educating no. me on it too. See, that's, a, a, you know, and we just use that with how you have to educate yourself or someone can educate you to make you possibly change your mind. Yeah. And so I gave it a, so, I gave it a thought. Have you, do you like sushi at all? No, not, I haven't crafted that yet. No, okay. No. <laughs> so just to give you an example. So there's a, a famous film called Jiro Dreams of Sushi. And Jiro Dreams of Sushi comes up regularly in my classes. This gentleman named Jiro Ono, when he was in his, I think, late 20s, he started working at a sushi shop and he essentially decided to dedicate the rest of his life to perfecting Edo-style sushi, which we think of as sashimi. This guy focused his undying attention on crafting the perfect piece of sushi. Just extremes. I mean, they're taking octopus and they're massaging the octopus tentacles for 40 minutes by hand to change the texture of the flesh. And when you talk to Jiro, he says, it's perfect. Like you can't, you can't get any better than this. That role model, that, that model of Asian mastery on this very specific thing is essentially a theme that rolls through my work. I'm always trying to refine it and see how I can improve it, not only for your benefit, Brandy, because you're in pain, but also to be able to have something honorable to be able to pass on to my students. Wow. That's awesome. Do, any, do you have any um, students right now that have their own uh, or they're on their way 
you know, yeah. starting their own business? So um, one of the things I did was, you know, I cut my teeth. I was teaching group classes and that's great. Occasionally I'll get people who pay for like a day training with me privately. And then one of the things I did for local students because I'm in the Austin area is I've grabbed a handful of apprentices and we're, we're pulling the Mr. Miyagi. They're coming in and painting the fence and I'm teaching them Kung Fu or karate or whatever. Um, I'm working with the therapist incrementally to teach them the body work and then also to help them with their business and marketing to help build the private practice that they really want. Um, I still get therapists who work at facilities like Massage Envy who can mix and match and blend pieces of my work, but increasingly I'm working with apprentices to try to help them uh, build from the ground up. Got it. So I work with apprentices to help them build from the ground up. Um, I'm also taking the recordings of those trainings and putting them on that subscription service that I mentioned. So I'm, I'm using information distribution technology to be able to try to scale education globally. Having a subscription service and being able to teach on online, it's been very uh, different as a skill set, and I'm still developing curriculum. But we've got people subscribed all over the world. There are people in Japan studying with me. Wow. Oh, cool. I, I love it. It's a very cultured um, job. You mean a lot of people. All, all walks of life. Um, I was a huge fan of uh, Tony Bourdain. Uh, God bless him. Uh, rest his soul. Uh, but um, traveling and dealing with different cultures related to just cultural differences, particularly food and music. Um, I really love that part of Tony Bourdain's work. So I kind of emulate that, but I have this additional lens through the massage and bodywork landscape. I love going to new areas and like sampling massage and seeing what sort of bodywork or wellness practices are in different locations and geography. I'm pretty floored because to be honest with you, you are the very first um, time I've ever heard of therapy being used this way you know like yeah. you said before it was just like you know the, the table the for me actually when you said it I was thinking about that chair I sat in the other day at my job and I was just like oh my god you know yeah. but it, it, you know but this was the first for me so like if you get a an idea of different therapies just to give consumers an idea you know in your area any consumer listening wherever they are they can probably type in massage and they're going to find local massage facilities specifically in the united states what they're not going to find is therapeutic flight from acro yoga which is me hanging you upside down off of my feet and mobilizing you with the absence of gravity basically what they're not going to find is something like Watsu or aquatic therapies where basically I put you in the water and like float you around the pool and simulate like weightlessness and water. Massage and body work is amazingly complex and diverse once you start digging in it. What I kept doing was just digging and trying to craft a service that I felt served clients in a better way. Um, I mean, we all know, for instance, that a McDonald's serves hamburgers, but, you know, I go to different facilities. Are you an In-N-Out fan, Brandy? Yes, actually, I do like In-N-Out. In-N-Out, yeah. It's a Californians particularly. They love, love In-N-Out. It's <laughs> like a huge deal. Uh, here in Texas, they're very rabid about Whataburger. So it's just one of those things about, you know, I had to create a service that served customer needs, 
and then also branded what I did to be able to get Whataburger and In-N-Out to like have B4s on Twitter with each other. Um, it was something that was necessary to be able to build like a rabid following around what I did. But there are many, many kinds of massage. I find it quite interesting because within food culture, we have a word for somebody who's rabid about food. They're a foodie. We don't really have a word or something, an analogous term within the massage industry for people who geek out about massage and body work. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, this is pretty awesome. And I, I really see the, the huge necessity and need for it because like I said, I just randomly had this conversation with a friend and I said, the things that we need that we don't even know that could change uh, a huge, like a transformation could transfer, transform your whole life, could transform the world. Because I mean, people, like I said, it goes with your thinking, you know what I mean? And, and, and it was actually, I was saying it in a funny way, like, wow, he just, you know, who knew that you can take care of your body, you know, massage, whatever's needed, take care of ourselves, you know, and then <laughs> we won't have, you know, we'll have world peace. Definitely. Yeah. When, when, you know, massage therapists, if you talk to them, they will say things like that, that, you know, how, how would us politics be if everybody got a massage every day, you know, that <laughs> sort of, sort of thing. And I think what it does is it very drastically reduces stress levels. Mm -hmm. uh, people are being constantly keyed up from Facebook posts to, you know, traffic to whatever else. Um, like if I ask people in Texas, do they relax? Like, how do you, how do you relax? They're like, well, I drink beer <laughs> and I'm like, okay. I mean, and that's cool. I mean, there's a reason people like beer, but I don't think they really understand how different their mental state is when their tissue actually unwinds and relaxes. When you no longer feel, if, if I got that seven level pain in your toe to go away completely, you, you do a body scan, you scan your body and you go, I feel amazing. If you feel like that every day, what does it do to your mental clarity? What does it do to your business and your level of productivity? For sure. Big difference. Yeah. Like you said, yeah. huge, huge difference. I mean, when I talk to massage therapists about marketing, one of the things I've noticed as an entrepreneur is increasingly I'm getting other small business owners, entrepreneurs who want to work with me because they have a, an energetic resonance to that part of my business where I'm trying to scale something, do something innovative and entrepreneurial. And then the entrepreneurs who work with me are, are like, I, I just can't believe like how much more creative I am after you work on me. And it's because in their nervous system, I think of pain as being like noise. You can't really hear what's going on around you because there's this constant static. Yeah. And then all of a sudden when that static is gone, they're like, wow, like my thinking is so much more effective and clear. And I go, yeah, what's that worth to you? Like we have, you know, answers like the technology, you know, pharmaceuticals, uh, medical procedures, everything's, you know, ramping up and changing wildly. But some of the things we offer are fundamentally simple and massage itself just goes back to touch. A lot of people in the United States, men specifically, are completely touch starved. They do not receive adequate, you know, ongoing touch. Hmm. Wow. 
Well, then uh, that says a lot. <laughs> yeah, but. just I mean, it's just it's just a facet of of culture. Um, yeah. Most people, you know, even getting a hug is like, whoa, like, hey, hold on now. Let's yeah. get a handshake here first. But mm -hmm. <laughs> those sorts of things, I, I know that for the last 20 years working in my industry, I've just gotten used to managing this socially and understanding that I operate in a slightly different way with people in regards to my practice. It's nothing for me to have you walk in, you have no idea who I am. And I'm literally getting your name while I'm pressing on your upper back and go, Hey, Brandy, is this, this it right here? Like it's a whole portion of like how I get to know people at this stage. Yeah, yeah for sure. Wow. That's awesome. You're amazing. And I'm definitely excited about sharing this with, you know, with everybody and my, my friends, because I, a lot of people, you know, the percentage of people are in constant pain uh, like all the time and it, it's becoming the yeah. norm. It's like, you just deal with it. You'll just do these things, you know, just like I do. Foot, foot massage real quick or put some cream on it and keep going to the next round, you know? I'm, I'm going to be completely honest with you. Like I said, I, I'm biased because I'm in my field. But a lot of the pain that I see, 80% of it seems like it's just soft tissue. Mm -hmm. It's something that a massage could deal with. And it doesn't mean, you know, you're hobbling to work. It just means, ah, my foot kind of hurts when you get to the point where you're able to understand that that soft tissue and origin, like massage therapists will make jokes about they're standing in line at the supermarket and they can look at people and look at their posture and say, Ooh, they need me for their upper back. Ooh, they need me for that foot. Ooh, they need me for that. He's limping. Like you're looking at people's movement patterns and you're able to, to see things that other people can't see because of the work that we do. Massage mm -hmm. therapists have a big heart. They just want to help people and build practices. Yeah, we need more, more of you. I have a whole nother, I have a whole nother, uh, you know, like, uh, respect and, you know, cause I'm not really into massages, but I find, I'm finding myself lately telling myself like, man, I could really use one because of, you know, yeah. the pain is just going to get worse, but I have a whole nother profound look on, on, on what you, what you do. So I'm kind of, sure. really, actually, I'm really excited <laughs> to share yeah. this and to, if you're in, you know, you're in San Diego um, after the recording, uh, after we do this podcast, if you're looking for a, a, someone to work on you in San Diego, I could try to get you a referral. I have a fairly extensive network of therapists around the United States. I might be able to find someone for you. That's amazing. Oh, man, we could do things. You know, I can get a group together. I can get a group of women for sure. <laughs> See, spa party. That. Oh, trust me, there's, there's a massage therapist in San Diego who's dying to come in and work on you and five of your friends. Hey, we can make that happy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I appreciate, I really appreciate you, um, you coming on and sharing this. And I love the fact that you really know your stuff and that you care. And it's not just about the dollar dollar bill. That's just the gift no. that comes along with it. But you like really want to help people change their lives. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. The, the money, the money results from that, that zeal. Yeah. Um, if I, if I based everything I did just on short-term financial gain, my business would look very different. Um, 
I just know that you help people and money results because you've built yourself as an expert in an industry and educated people. You know, people write me messages from my YouTube videos where I'm showing them how to use tennis balls to massage themselves and they're getting over like chronic pain conditions they've had for years. They just can't believe that a massage therapist is doing this out of his home studio in central Texas and like teaching them about their bodies. But it's one of the things that I've encouraged amongst my students. There's a distinct dearth. Uh, yes, I used it correctly in a sentence. There's a distinct dearth of massage education for the general public, which is one of those markets that I'm kind of looking at because I need to be able to provide information to people to help them. Uh, build and grow. Even if it's just a mom in Ohio who learns how to work on her kids, for instance, you know, there's something about that process that I think is very beneficial to people from their touch needs and also for our communities and communication. Yeah, for sure. I have a 12 year old. He just started boxing and I, it crossed my mind. Oh. He said he was in pain the other day. So. <laughs> yep. Yep. And then also within physical arts like that, if you know kids are into Brazilian jiu-jitsu or karate or other kinds of martial arts, they're interacting with people physically, but having an e a healing component to that art as well is something that can be, uh, can be very beneficial for them. His, his productivity within his sport will probably increase because he's you know, performing better. Wow. That's a whole nother group I can bring to you too. It's moms, we're women, we're moms, bring the kids. <laughs> bring the kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Thank you so much, Robert. Robert, could you go ahead and let um, our listeners know where they can find you? Okay. So my website is robertgardnerwellness.com. Um, I used mixed uh, RG Wellness, Robert G Wellness, one, two, like a various platforms. I'm on most every social media, including TikTok. I put out a constant slew of information, including my own podcast. Um, if you'd like to pick up like time massage materials or that free subscription service, it's completely free for your first month. There's 450 hours of my curriculum and instruction there. Uh, it's $7 a month thereafter. It also includes a private Facebook group. You can find all of that at robertgardnerwellness.com and feel free to follow me on whatever social media you use, including message me, video message me on Instagram, say hello, be happy to chat with you. Wow, thank you. And what is the name of your, um, your podcast? Oh, the podcast is the Robert Gardner Wellness Podcast for now, yeah. Okay, cool, definitely be checking that out. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. You're amazing, Robert. Thank you. It's, uh, it was really, really great talking with you. If I can do anything for you in the future, Brandy, just let me know. For sure, for sure. Thank you so much. Um, everybody, you heard it right here. We had Robert Gardner.